All right, so you're, you're there in First uh, Timothy chapter six, and um, here in First Timothy chapter six, I, I think that that uh, this is where um, that that idea that that that, uh, that, that the songwriter there, Chris Jansen, by the way, if you need to know who wrote that song, or maybe he didn't even write it, who sings that song. Um, but what we have to understand is there is a truth about money. And we see uh, um, some of this truth here in uh, 1 Timothy chapter uh, 6. Um, but what I want us to, to start off with is understanding the, the truth about money. And I, I want us to understand that money in itself is not inherently bad. I think that that's one thing that uh, um, we, we have a tendency to misunderstand, that, that like money is evil. Like if you have money, you must have come by it um, uh, from evil means or from bad means. You can't love God if you have money. We're going to see that that's not what Scripture says at all. Uh, what uh, it says here in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6 is... Um, I think a little bit, well, no, it's not, I don't think. I know it's a little bit more revealing about what money truly is. But I think that what we can do is, as we have this better understanding, we can see how uh, God is going to use money. And that's where we're going to end up. It's like God, how God wants us to use money. But how we can see that we don't need to be afraid of uh, money. So l l let's uh, look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses. Where are we going to go? Let's go uh, 9 and 10. Let's just start there. Um, to give you a quick background, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, is talking to uh, young Timothy. He's talking uh, to him about like what's hap what happens in the church and how to respond and how to deal with things inside uh, of the church. So you've got old preacher uh, speaking to, to young preacher, and he's giving him some instruction, some advice. And he says, verse 9, uh, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Now, when you read that, it's interesting that he's clearly talking about a certain group of people. He's talking about um, those who desire to be rich. Now, when we look at this and we say, okay, there are those who desire to be rich, well, what he says very, very clearly is that they're going to be evident, those who desire to be rich. They're going to desire uh, riches over anything else. And when you desire stuff, Whatever it may be, it may be money, it may be you desire a relationship, you desire whatever, you fill in the blank. You tend to do some crazy things uh, to fulfill that craving. Uh, here it, it says that um, they desire riches and it makes them do some crazy things. Uh, you, you can just think about some people in your life that have, has done some crazy things. I know that none of you have done any crazy things, right? No, no, not, not at all. We're, we're nice godly people inside of here. No, but when you really want something... You do some crazy things. I think the craziest thing in which we do, yeah, I'm bringing it back in here because y'all aren't, aren't, aren't innocent on this. I think one of the craziest things that, that, that we do is we justify the sinful actions in our lives. We want something, and we're, it, 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 the thing that we want may not be a bad thing. But we justify all of the steps and all of the things and all the hoops and everything that we sacrifice to get what we want. And we say, okay, well, God must have wanted me to have this because, you know, I, I did this. And we, we try to just justify all these actions in our lives. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't use things and He doesn't give us things and we shouldn't have these desires. But like he's saying here is what we need to do is we need to kind of gauge ourselves to make sure we're not doing some crazy stuff. Now, along those same lines, the Apostle Paul also says that, you know, I do, I do seem like I'm out of my mind at times. I, do may, I may appear to you as I'm a crazy man, but when he says that, he says, it's in the Lord that I'm doing it. It's, it's for His purpose. It's for His uh, plan in which those things are, are being done. So if you're sitting here like and say, well, I do some crazy things, but it's for Jesus, big difference. Well, who's the recipient at the end? 
So maybe a crazy thing in which you do is go and you, you, you go and you talk to that neighbor that's across the street, or you uh, pipe up at work and, and have a conversation which is uncomfortable for you, and, and in your mind you're like, this is crazy, I can't do this, but you're doing this so that, that God can get the glory, so that, that, that Christ's name can be, can be pronounced and proclaimed in that situation. So there's a different kind of crazy. There's good crazy and there's bad crazy. You, you, we, we understand? We want to be good crazy. We don't want to be bad crazy. We don't want to be crazy for the wrong things. And that's what Paul's saying here. And he goes on to say there in verse 10, because I think that, that, that um, not only Paul knew this, we're going to see Jesus talked about this as well, but in verse 10 here, it, it says uh, that, uh, or he goes into um, really the, the primary uh, reason that most people go crazy. He says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, there's a big difference on money is the root of evil. Here Paul makes it very clear the what of money. The love of money. That in which you desire above everything else, the love of money is the root of all kinds of, of evil. And it says here, he goes on to say that, that there's some bad things. These cravings make these, uh, these things happen. These, these not only crazy things, but they're, they're bad things that happen. The one that says that the, 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 the uh, love of money, it, it can, if somebody is drawn into that and gets sucked into that, or maybe they choose this, it says they can be pulled, they, they're, they're, they're pulled away from God. It says here that it denies the faith. I, I think that there, it, this is one of those um, areas in which people want to be very, they, they think, oh, I've got to be real cautious. I've got to get, get rid of everything that, that I have and be poor so I can love Jesus because money is the, 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 the root of, of, of evil. And if I, if I have money, then I can't love Jesus. I'm going to deny the faith. No, 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 no. That's not what he, what, what's being said here. It's the love of money. It's saying that I'm going to love my, my, my money, my possessions, more than I'm going to love God. Because if we love something more than we love God, no matter what it is, it, 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 and today we're, we're focusing on money, but no matter what it is, if we, if we love anything more than we love God, it's going to, we're going to draw away, we're going to slide away, we're going to be pulled away from, in our relationship with Him. And it goes on here to say that not only uh, does it, uh, it says it, it's through these cra this craving that some have wandered away from the faith, that's denying the faith here, uh, and it says, and pierced themselves with many pangs. We don't use that word pangs, but think of pain and struggle. And, and, and just think about this here is, is um, what, what Paul's telling Timothy here is like, not only is your vertical relationship with God going to be affected with your love of money, your horizontal relationships are going to be affected with your love of money as well. Because you are going to lie and cheat and steal and manipulate and do all of these things to get what you want. And he's saying here that we've got to, that this is the, that we've got to be aware of this. He's telling Timothy here, he's telling him that, that these things are going to happen because uh, people are going to get their eyes fixed on money. And I want money, and I have to have money. I've got to, and, and, and maybe you're, you're sitting here and, and you're thinking, you know what? I don't really want money. I just want, I just want comfort. Or how about this? This is the most, godly, the, 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 the most godly justification that people do. I just want security in my life. I want that financial security. Now, is having financial security a bad thing? No, but if that is your ultimate focus in life, you're focusing on that and not focusing on God. Well, I want that so I can be you know, more useful for God. You're missing the point here. God doesn't need you to be a millionaire so that He can use you in a million ways. What we have to understand is it's not, it's not money that's bad. It's that love. It, it's not bad to have money. It's bad when money has us. And, and that's what Paul is saying here. And, and I love, um, and you don't have to turn there. It'll, it'll pop up here. But I love what uh, um, it says in Ecclesiastes. I mean, I haven't been in Ecclesiastes in years. But I love what it says here about this love of money because it says, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This also is vanity. What does that mean? Money is not going to fulfill you. Can money be used for good things? Absolutely. 
But, but, but here, it's, it's very clearly saying the same thing that, that uh, I, I think that uh, is interesting. That What was it? John D. Rockefeller, when he was asked about, uh, um, you know, how, how much money is enough? Everybody knows who John D. Rockefeller is? If, if, oh, my goodness. He, uh, yeah. Exactly. When John D. Rockefeller, he, he was this man. He's probably the richest man since Solomon. Um, in his time, you know, long time ago, billionaire, $300, $400 billion, which is it's insurmountable even today's money, but it's just it's mind-blowing. But he had all of this money, and he was asked, how much is enough? And he said, just a little bit more. How would you, I mean, think about this. The man who had all the money in which he could ever, he, could, he never could, could spend all of that money. And he's like, I just want a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. It, it, it goes clearly back to what it says here in Ecclesiastes uh, 5.10. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money. You can get that little bit more. Hey, John, you can get that a little bit more. Okay, then I want a little bit more. Well, you get that. I want a little bit more. Well, why is that? Because it's not, it's not satisfying. It, money was not designed to be satisfying. It was not designed to satisfy the, 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 the deep desires of our soul. I love what um, the writer of Hebrews says on this. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In this same understanding, when we're talking about money and, and, and when the truth about money, we have this, the, the, this clear statement here that we need to keep our lives from the, uh, the love of money free from the love of money. And I love how, how the, the, the author here says, keep your life free from the love of money. Why? Because the love of money is enslaving. Again, you'll do some crazy things for money. I mean, just look at the world, just look at the world around us. I mean, let, let, let's take a, 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 a gross extreme. People will sell their bodies for money. That, that, that happens because money, the, I should, not, not, not money, but the love of money, it, it, it puts you in bondage. It, you're enslaved to it. You cannot. If your life revolves around, I've got to make this, and I've got to do this, and I've got to ha have this, and have this job, and make, you, if it's all revolving around that, you're going to constantly constant being slavery you're not going to experience contentment you're not going to experience contentment you're not going to be able to, to to experience that freedom where god is going to work in you as he works through you because what, what you're doing is you're always trying to wrestle against the spirit to do what i want to do because i want to get this 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 new car or this this new boat buy me a boat right i want all of this stuff and you're enslaved to that want, to that craving, to that desire. Again, are any of those things bad? No. If God gives you a boat, or a, if God blesses you so that you can buy a boat, buy a boat. Invite your pastor and his family out to go tubing. I mean, come on now. We'll see here in a minute what God's use is for all of money. But the truth is, that like when we're, we're looking here, even at, at Hebrews uh, chapter 13, and it talks about living free from the, the, this love of money, I love how it, it follows up at the end of this verse. So it says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content. Uh, contentment, uh, Paul talks about contentment a lot, and he talks how it's a learned attribute. You have to learn how to be content. And being content in 2019 America is hard. It's hard. It, it, it takes work. It takes work to do that. But it goes on to say, For He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I love how it's, it's talk, he's talking about don't, don't fall and don't be enslaved to money. Learn how to be content. And, and if, he, if it were to stop there, it would be like, okay, don't love money and learn how to be content. Okay, how do I do that? He says how to do that. We have to rest in the fact that God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Money, wealth, stuff, all that's going to come and go. But God won't. 
And that's, that's what's being pointed out here is, again, the truth about money is money is not bad. But when money consumes us and consumes everything we do, and it dictates our calendar, just look at it. If you want to, if you want to do the self-assessment, and this is uncomfortable for a lot of people, if you want to see, see where your priorities are, look at your checkbook and your calendar. And, and see. J- j- just look. Now, this isn't a ploy like, give all your money to the church. I'm not saying that. You're not going to hear me say probably anything about, other than right now, about giving or tithing and offering. I'm going to leave that to Dan in a few weeks. He's got the dirty work there. Now, I'm going to tell you, though, that as when we're looking at all of this, that the truth about money is that it's not bad. It's not evil. It can be used for good. And as I was putting all this together, and as I'm coming through all, all of this and thinking through, another question popped up in my mind was, okay, not only what's the truth about money, and I think we, we covered that pretty good, it, where it does say there that uh, in, the, in that psalm that it's the, the root of all It's not. It's not evil. It's not the root of all evil. But what, was, what, would, what, was, what is Jesus' perspective on money? Because if you're going to talk about money, and you're in church and you're going to talk about money, you, you really cannot do justice and a job that will suffice the talking biblically about money without bringing Jesus into the picture or into the, 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 the conversation. Because Jesus talked about money more than anybody else in the Bible. Wait a second, I thought he was all just you know, grace and love and mercy and everything. Yeah, all those things are true, but he, he talked about money more than anybody else. I, I love what he, what he says in Matthew chapter 6. So what's Jesus' perspective on money? Turn to, to Matthew chapter 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, what we see is what, what uh, is known as the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus is, is up on the side of the mountain. He has his disciples all around him, and he, he's speaking to them. Uh, he, he's giving them the beatitudes, and uh, he's already done um, uh, the or he, he yeah he's already done um, the, the, the Lord's prayer, and he's given all these all these good instructions, good times of teaching, and everything. And then he says something that. Uh, I believe it just cuts to the heart. Remember his crowd here. His crowd was those who were following him around. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. And we're going to see that this is Jesus' perspective on money. He says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus cuts to, 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 to the chase here. He cuts to the heart of the matter. This is that, 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 that idea of like, if you want to know where, where your heart is, where your treasure is, look at the evidences that you have in your life. Where, where, where's my time and my money and my effort and everything going to? Now, some of you say, well, it's my kids. Well, it, it, are, are your kids evil? Well, maybe. I mean, my, my kids can definitely be. I, I get it. Uh, but no, are your kids in of themselves? No, no, no. It's not bad to take care of the kids. But, but, but think about this. If all of our treasure is focused on our, our, our children, or, or let's even go to our job or whatever, my, our hobby, if all of our focus, all of our time, all of our attention is there, we have to understand all of those things are going to pass away. At some point, they're going to they're let you down. They're going to be broken. They're not going to sustain everything in which we put upon them. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's like, your treasures, lay up your treasures. Don't lay them up on earth, lay them up in heaven. You have to understand that there's no moths in heaven. I'm thinking there's no mosquitoes either. Woohoo! Yes, right? Come on now. There's no snakes. Uh, <laughs> But, but understand here that, that um, up in, in heaven, there's not, nothing's going to destroy the, the treasures in which you put there. I, I love what, what he says here in verses 19 through 21, because he's asking, he, he's asking, where is your treasure? Are they put? Are your treasures perishable? And again, I, I, I get it. I, I mean, it, it's difficult when we, we ask that question and we put pe- people or things or whatever in those, those categories. Like, but everything, everything we, we're looking at, everything we see is, is, is perishable. And Jesus is saying, like, not that those things are bad in and of themselves, but, okay, what, what, where, what are you doing? Where, where, where's your focus? 
I love how he goes on now here because he's going to, and some will say, well, yeah, I get it. I understand. We need to do godly things and we need to, you know, prepare for heaven and all, all this stuff. But, but, but Jesus makes this statement that if you, don't, if you don't really understand this whole context and you, and you, and you just read through the, this text real quick, you, you look at verses 22 and 23 and you're like, I don't even understand why they're, they're put there. Because Jesus here is talking about treasure. And now in, in verse 24, he's going to talk even more about, like, he goes more specific in money. Why is there something in here in verse 22 that says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And, and that, that statement in there, like, well, I, I thought we were talking about treasures, and now we're talking about light and darkness. What, what we're understanding, what we need to understand here, is when, it taught, when, when Jesus here is talking about the eye, he's talking about because the eye is a heart to the soul. And he's talking about the eye, he's saying if your eye is dark, and, you're, and, and, and if the lamp is dark, the rest of the body is dark, he's saying here, this is a heart issue. It goes deep inside. It, it goes deep and it penetrates. So what, what Jesus is saying, he, he throws us out here and talking about treasures and where they're at, and, and he, 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 he prefaces, it, prefaces it here in 21, for wherever your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And they're thinking, okay, where... Uh, my heart, and then he goes into this light and darkness, and, and eye and lamp, and and how if 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 you're not seeing this, you're blind to this. This affects the heart, because I think that, that, that too many people, and I know that I've been there myself. We get blinded to what's going on, and, and we think that we're doing. Oh, I'm doing this great thing for these people or that people or for my family or whatever. I and we get we can get blinded to the truth, and, and, and I, I'm. I'm convinced, and I think we're going to explain it here in a minute, but I'm convinced that we can trail off into this, um, putting our, 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 uh, our, our hope and our, 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 uh, having our treasures, um, uh, the, the, the uh, what, what do I want to say? I think that we can get distorted where our treasures are, and I don't think that it's an intentional thing. I think that we could just kind of, it's like a slow fade off. And what Jesus is saying here is we've got to be, pay attention. Because if we're not paying attention and we find ourselves putting our treasures here on earth and not putting them on heaven, they're going to perish. And Jesus goes on to say here, after he's saying, like, how is your heart? How is your heart? And I wrote this down for you. It says Jesus is making the point that his hearers can be blind to what he is saying if they are not willing to examine their own heart. I think that's why Jesus put that in there. He's talking about treasures. He's talking about wealth. He's talking about rich. He's talking about money. And he takes this moment to say, okay, here's the deal. You're going to be blind to everything I'm saying. You're not going to hear what, what, what I'm saying. Some of you are sitting here that are in the same category. You're not going to hear what I'm saying because you don't want to. You want to be blind to it. Why? Because you don't want to examine your own heart. Now, I, I think that, that we are uh, in close enough relationship here that we can understand. Like, it's not my job to, to come here and to, uh, to build up this huge body and everything. What I want to do is I want to come here. I want to help you on your walk with Christ. I want you to be a better disciple of Christ. You can get upset with me. I, it's okay. My wife does every day. But it doesn't mean that I love her any less. I, I'm not going to abandon my, my, my wife. I want you to know that too. When I say something difficult and you're like, I don't know, you can get upset with me. It's okay. I'm not going to love you any less. But what I want you to do is I want you to examine your heart. Not for, not for Lee, but, but, but for, for Jesus. What, what, what he says here. Because it says here, he's talking about how, how is your heart. And then he goes into something even more difficult. He talks about who's your master. I was going to say who's your daddy. But, I mean, who's your master? Because he says... No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Or, or, and, and it actually says mammon, which is not just money. It's wealth. It's riches. It's those treasures that we're talking about. This is a clear statement, and he's, he's asking, and, and Jesus is asking, like, who are you serving? If we're talking about money, are you serving that money? Because you cannot serve money. You cannot serve the means to get that money, those cravings and everything. You cannot serve that and serve God. That's a divided house. Jesus talks elsewhere that a divided house will not stand. 
We cannot have a divided house. And he's saying you can't, you can't serve both. So we have to ask ourselves a question. The same question Jesus is asking. Who, who or what are you worshiping? Again, I don't, think, I don't think most people, and I don't want to imply anybody in here has set out with a plan and a purpose and a desire to worship money or wealth or riches or possessions. I don't think, I, 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 I'm pretty convinced of that. I don't think that you set out for that, but I think it, it, we can slide into that. Tur- turn over to uh, Mark chapter 10, because I, I, I love this story about the rich young ruler. Because in this story about the rich young ruler, I'm, I'm convinced to this point that this rich young ruler, um, I, I don't think he set out to be in the position in which he was in. I think he found himself in that. I think he was a, a successful man, and, and, and he um, uh, was, was uh, blessed by God, and I think that there's a, a reason for all of that. But here in, in, in Mark chapter 10, verses 17 um, all the way through, uh, you know, you can go all the way through 31. But, but, but what I want to do is I just want to read a, just a short passage or part of this. Because it talks about Jesus, he's on his journey. It says, and as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So, so right off the bat, we have this, we have a well-intended man here, right? A well-intended individual. How can I inherit eternal life, which is interesting because he went to Jesus to ask him that. So there was something happening like, I need to go get this answer. I'm going to go to him. If he was rich, he could have went to just about anybody. But it says here, he went to Jesus and he asked him that. And Jesus said to him, well, why do you call me good? No one is good except God. I love that statement because he identifies, you know, no one's good. You're calling me good. No one's good but God. And then he moves right on. So he's like, mm-hmm, okay, you got it. I'm God. Hopefully you picked up on that. Verse 19, you know the commandments. I, I love it. If, if you don't think that Jesus was sarcastic at times, righteously, not the lame, evil stuff that you all do, but righteously sarcastic. Look, look what he says. He identifies. He uses his, his, sarca- his sarcasm here a little, bit, a little bit here and identifies this. He says, well, you know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud. Honor your father, your father and your mother. So Jesus says, okay, you know them here. What about these? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he said to him, teacher, all these I have kept for my youth. So he says, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, okay, I'm on the right path. I'm doing all of the right things. I asked where eternal life is, and, and this, this teacher here, Jesus is telling me, well, eternal life is just to do good things and to measure all these good things. And Jesus looking at him, so he said, yeah, I've done all these. Jesus looking, and Jesus looking at him, I love this, he looked at him, he loved him, and said to him, I, I think this is an important, this is kind of a side note, this is for free. Um, when, when you want to really speak into someone's life, look at them, love them, and speak directly to them. Don't do it through text message. Don't do it through phone call. Don't do it through Facebook, Twitter, any of that stuff. I, I'm not saying that that's, those things are bad. They can be. But if you really want to impact someone's life, take the time to look them in the eyes and to love them so that when, that, when, when, you're, when you're telling them a harsh thing, or not even a harsh thing, a hard thing, they're, 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 they're more apt to, to receive it. Now we'll see here that this guy didn't want to receive it at this time. It says, Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and said to him, you lack one thing. Go, sell, go and sell all that you have and give, your, and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. So Jesus looked at him and said, Okay, man, you're so close. You're so close. Yeah, you've done all these good things. You're so close. Here's what you got to do. Sell all your stuff and give it to the poor and come and follow me. Now it says, disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, I love what we were talking earlier, and I think Kurt brought it up, that you know, we don't know what happened on Wednesday after this. 
I don't know what day of the week this is here. I'm just saying, maybe it was a, a Thursday, maybe it was a Friday, maybe it was a Saturday when Jesus said this. Well, all we know is he went away sorrowful. But we don't know what the seed that was planted in, in, in him. Maybe on, on, on Wednesday, they're like, he was like, oh man. Some will, will, will take the extent and, and, and say that he shows back up in the book of Acts as, as one of the, the Barnabases in uh, the book of Acts that has sold all his stuff and given to the church. The Bible doesn't make that clear. I, I don't know. I wouldn't even go out on that limb. But I would say this, that, that, that seed that Jesus planted in him, I, I know that it just didn't lay dormant. But regardless of, of his reaction here, Jesus didn't hold back of what was going on. I love when we look at this and we're, we're talking about uh, uh, money and we're talking about how this guy is looking for life and Jesus explains to him that it's not found in possessions. It's not found in anything but in Jesus Christ alone. When he, 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 was, he was on the right track when he came to Jesus at, at the beginning there. Because eternal life, the, the life that, that, that God has given us uh, to receive so we can be with Him forever only comes through Christ and what Christ has done. This guy was saying, man, I, but I've done all these things. And Jesus says, you're so close. Now, some will take this, this verse and this passage and they'll, they'll, they'll strain it to the extent that it says, you must be poor to love Jesus. Baloney. That doesn't say that. This is, it, it is a situation that Jesus is addressing. And, and it's, always, it's always been clear to me what's going on here, that he, Jesus is addressing a heart issue. But I, I have to, to, to make a confession. Yesterday, as I was reading through this passage again, something smacked me clear in the face that I, I've, I've never really put two and two together. And when I'm reading this passage yesterday, and I read through all of those commandments, all of those commandments that Jesus says, well, you know the commandments? Those are commandments 5 through 10. And if you know, the, you know how the, the, the Ten Commandments are broken up, there's, there's, uh, they call the first book, which is 1 through 4, uh, then the, the second book, which is 5 through 10. But what you have is all of these commandments that Jesus is talking about, these are all horizontal commandments. These are all commandments that, 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 that affect the, the, the people that are around, that, 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 that people can see. That, that it says that you know, no, you don't murder. You, you can tell if somebody murders somebody, right? Or steal or commit adultery. Or it, all the, these are all horizontal commandments. And these are all the, the, the horizontal issues. And this guy's like, well, my, my horizontal problem, I don't have any. These activities that, that, that I'm doing, I, I'm, I'm fulfilling all of this. And this is where I think that we get we get stuck in because I think that we can we can appear to be doing good horizontally but Jesus says you're so close yeah because I would I would venture to say it doesn't say it here but I would venture to say that Jesus is saying ah oh, you're doing a good job horizontally and you're so close because of that but here's the deal because you're so close there's one thing that you need to do horizontal should we not do those horizontal things no, Jesus doesn't say that. He says it's not just about the horizontal. What about the vertical? And that's what he's talking about here. He says you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you've given and give it to the poor. And then you'll have treasure in heaven. What he's saying here is, you have, yeah, you've got 5 through 10 down. Commandments 5 through 10, man, you've got gold stars in all of them. But commandment 1, man, you broke that one. Some are like, well, what's commandment 1? Have no other gods before me. You should have no other gods before me. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying that you have to be poor to love Him. He's saying you can't have anything before me. Nothing can go ahead of Jesus. Nothing can go ahead of, of, of your relationship with, with, with God. And that's what He's saying. And I love how, how, how Jesus goes on here. He, he goes on to say that you know Jesus looked around. So He's looking around at His disciples and He says, you know, it's difficult. How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Some of you are sitting here and thinking, okay, that's good because I don't have wealth, so I have a good... No, if you're sitting here, you have wealth. You live in a country that even the poorest of, our, of the people, and I'm saying financially, are rich. So you fit in here. So it's saying how difficult it is for you, for me, for people like us, to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed with his words. Like, what? Wait, what? Somebody, it might be Jesus. 
And his disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. This is where uh, the, the songwriter for the, the Buy Me a Boat gets his, 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 uh, uh, you know, his words here. It says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Why is, it, why is that so? And, 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 and what Jesus says here, he says that, you know, it's impossible. Because I love, I love how uh, um, old Bible scholars, even new Bible, Bible scholars and theologians, some that try to explain every little crick and cranny, nook and cranny of the Bible, they, they try to say, well, you know, there was this gate in Jerusalem that the camel had to get down and crawl through to get to the other... That's not true. What Jesus is saying here is you can't take this big mammal that is huge. I don't even know how, how, how many, what do they weigh, 2,000 pounds maybe? I don't know. They's big. M's big. And I think they spit too. Um, but has anybody ever wrote, ridden a camel? It's not fun. When I was in Israel, we had to ride camels and we were coming out of the desert. Oh my goodness. It, it was it was uncomfortable in areas I don't want to be uncomfortable in. Um, but but what, 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 what Jesus is saying here is He's saying this big mammal can't fit through this little eye. It, it's impossible. You can't do it. It ain't going to happen. And His disciples were, they were exceedingly astonished. And it said to Him, well then who can be saved? Look what they're saying. Who can be saved? They, they, they clearly understand what Jesus is talking about when He's talking about this rich young ruler and what needs to happen here. He knows that they know that the rich young ruler was seeking eternal life. And, he know, and they, they understand that it is eternal life. They're saved from eternal damnation. And they're saying, well, well, then who can be saved? And Jesus looked around at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. Now as we look at that and we say, whew, there is an out. Yes, there, everything is possible with God. You're 100% right. But there are things in which we have to do for it to be possible with, with, with God. It's not that we strong arm God, but God has, has set an order and He set uh, the, the, these requirements and the requirement is to make Him first. He has to be Master. He has to, to be Lord. Because money, wealth, riches, none of that stuff bring life. Jesus tells them, you know, you have to, to, to get rid of that stuff. And he doesn't just say get rid of that stuff and, and, and give it to the poor. The key there is come and follow me. Why? Because you can't follow Jesus if your eyes are on something else. You can't do it. You can't serve two masters. I believe, remember I said that sometimes people are blind to this. I don't think that they set out to pursue this, what is called idolatry. I mean, that's essentially what this is. They're putting something above God, so it's idolatry. They're idolizing something other than God. I don't think people set out to it. I think it could be a slow fade. I don't think it's always intentional. I don't think that you wake up this morning and say, I'm going to intentionally be an idol worshiper. I think that it, it can be unintentional. It's a, it can be a slow fade in there. Sometimes it, it, it can not even be personally identified. What do I mean? Maybe you need somebody to help you identify that. That's what Jesus was doing here. That's, that's what's, what's going on. Jesus says it's a hard issue and it's difficult, right? He says it's so difficult, it's like trying to force this big mammal through the, the eye of the needle. Ain't going to happen. And being a heart issue, I think this is important, because a heart issue is not just making a decision and everything being okay. If this is a heart issue, if money is paramount in your life, if you serve money and you're not serving God, now I'm not saying that you're trying to serve God, I'm not saying that you're not even saved, I'm saying that if money is preeminent, well, we have to un un understand that if it's a hard issue and you're sitting here like, you know what? <sighs> Lee, you're right. I'll tell you the same thing I tell my wife. I know. <laughs> it doesn't go... Just, but, here, I'm, but I'm serious. Just, uh, just hear, hear me out. It doesn't matter if I'm right. Because if it's a heart issue, I can be right about something and you can do nothing about it. 
just because I'm right about it, just because, how about this, just because you know what's right about it, it goes beyond just the knowledge. I, I believe it goes from knowledge to a belief. You have to believe that it's right. So just, just hear me out. Think about this. I can sit here and say, you should not have money as the God of your life. And you're like, yes, that, that's good now. I believe that. I believe that to be true because I can look around me and I can see what it does. But it doesn't, it's not just belief. You've got to trust that to be true because you're going to have to take a step and do something about it. And that step is that what people call the step of, of, of faith, right? Going from, from knowledge into believing something. That's one thing. I can, I can believe it. There's a lot of people that believe a lot of things. If we acted upon everything that we believe, how about we, if we acted upon how we believe who God is? We did a better job of that. The world would be different. So it goes beyond just believing. It goes to that trust. I'm going to trust God that, okay, I see that this is true. He says that this is true. I believe this to be true. The trust, I've got to do something about it. Because being a disciple of Christ is, is, is an activity. It's action. It's doing something. If we're not doing something, we're not being disciples of Christ. The last question that we have here because I can go on and on, and you're like, man, this is kind of depressing. Now I'm, I'm, I'm being convicted. That's cool. It's all right. You can be convicted. You're in a safe place to be convicted. But we can know what, what, what the truth about money, and we can see Jesus' perspective. Jesus' perspective on money, I think, is clear as day. But let's ask ourselves this question. Okay, I see Jesus' perspective on money. What's, uh, what's money's purpose in God's economy? So the, the purpose of money in God's economy, the way, way in which God uses this, because I believe this, again, money is not evil, it's a tool. I believe that it is a tool for, for the kingdom, for kingdom purposes. Well, I ain't got a lot of tools. <laughs> it, you have tools. The tools in which God has given you are the tools in which you're to, to use. Turn back to 1 Timothy chapter 6. This is where we're going to end up. We're circling, on, we're on our final approach here. 1 Timothy chapter 6, look at verse uh, 17. 17, 18, 19, that's what we're going we're gonna to do. 17, as for the rich in this present age, again, some of you are like, whoo, I'm out, I'm not rich. You're rich. You, you, can, you can say, you can insert your name in, inside there. As for the rich in the present age, charge them not to be haughty. Don't flaunt your riches. Well, I ain't got any to flaunt. Yeah, you do. But don't do it. Nor set, their, nor set their, uh, their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. So if you do have, if you have all of this abundance, you're like, but that's, that's not where you're, but it's financial security. I mean, okay, but it can be gone tomorrow. You can get hacked. Right? Cyber terrorism. I mean, come on, there's commercials all over. The, they're they're fear mongers. They want you to think, it, can it happen? Yes, it can happen. You could lose all that tomorrow. And that's what he's saying. Don't, don't set your, 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 your hopes on these uncertainties, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to what? To enjoy. I love this because the, the, when, when God blesses us with not money or possessions or this stuff, it's not that we should, we should feel bad about it. If you have a boat, awesome. Remember, invite me. But if you have a boat, if God, now, if, you, if you've done some shady things to get that boat, come on now, that, that's a whole totally different story. But if God has blessed you with a talent and a job and the, 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 the means for something to, to, to have some fun on like that, enjoy the dang thing. That's what he says here. But remember where it comes from. If you're riding your motorcycle down the road and you're like, this is awesome. Man, look what I've done. No, that's wrong. But if you're riding a motorcycle down the road, just don't do it like on Sunday and say, I'm just spending time with God. <laughs> just, but if you're riding your motorcycle down the road, and you, it, it, just remember, wow, God, thank you. Thank you for, for allowing me to enjoy this and enjoy the heck out of it. It's okay. He goes on, talking about the rich. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. What are we to do with our riches? It doesn't matter if you have little or much. 
It says this, one, that God provides it all. God provides it all. I'm not going to, to, to get on that bandwagon that if you don't have a lot means that, that, that uh, you're disobedient and God's not providing. I'm not even getting it. If, you're ju- if you just have more faith, you'll have more money. No, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe that to be true. I do believe that, that God wants to bless the, His children, though. I do believe that if, when we're obedient, God blesses. It may be financially. Praise God. But don't think that if I can manipulate and I can do all these horizontal things, I'm doing good, God. Give me money. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. But understand that all money, all possessions, all wealth, even health, everything comes from God. It's provided to us. So if everything comes from God, what are we to do with this? Uh, just a few things real quick. First thing, it says do good. What does that mean? It means to behave and act in a proper or satisfactory manner. Do good with what God has given you. Like, don't, don't, don't flaunt it over something. I got this and you don't have this. No, that's being haughty. That's not doing good. That, 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 that's taking uh, something that, that has been gifted to you and you're using it as like you can, you can be arrogant about what I've got. That would be like me lording over somebody else. Well, I'm a child of God. I didn't do anything to be a child of God. I was chosen to be a child of God. How, can the, how in the world can I be arrogant about that? I need to be the, the total opposite. Thank you. Thank you for choosing me. Because I'm jacked. Right? But understand, it, it's uh, what are we to do? To do good. Then it says to be rich in good works. Well, what are good works? Why well, serve here and I do this? Well, well, here, let's just make it very clear. I've said this in the past. But good works are, are, are things in which promote the kingdom growth. Is what you're doing and you're saying is a good work. Because remember, the, 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 the rich young ruler, he was saying, I'm doing all these good things. All right, but is it, are, are these things promoting the kingdom growing here on earth? It is Christ's kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of heaven expanding here on earth because of what you're doing. That's a good litmus. It says to be generous. And again, I'm not going to say we get into you have to give to God. And uh, here, here, be generous. Give and share what God has shared with you. Everything we've gotten is from God. Yes, you need to give of your tithes and your offerings. Yes, I mean, Dan's going to hit like a home run with that in a few weeks. And you can be mad at him. But, no, but even so, it, it's, you know, understand that we have to have a, a generous heart. Think about what God has given you. I'm not even saying your job and your money and your family and everything. God has given you life. Yeah, but I have, no, you can't. You can't be the one, I've worked hard for all this. Okay. Uh, hold your breath and don't breathe. Well, what do you mean? Well, that, that's God's. He's given you breath. See how well you do without that. Well, that's not fair. It's true, though. It's true. Storing up treasures in heaven. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to store up treasures in heaven. That which we will, you know, these are the things that we will receive in heaven. There are some things that, that, that um, through our uh, 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 riches and through our actions of, of using what God has given us in the world, there are things that we're not going to see happen here on earth. And we've got to be okay with that. Because what it's doing is it's storing riches up in heaven. How does that work? I, I don't know exactly. Because you're going to be on streets of gold. I heard somebody say that, you know, that, that uh, uh, you know, a guy was dying, he's like, well, I want to take all my gold bars with me. And, and the, 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 the preacher looked at him and like, why do you want to take pavement with you? You'll get it here. The streets are paved with gold in heaven. So, so, so why would you? Thank you. It was, it was a Browns fan, so they had to have their enjoyment for the day. Um, <laughs> But, but I understand it, like, why, you, you can't take, you're not going to take all that. So the, the storing up in heaven is these riches in which we're going to not only, we're not going to only be able to enjoy them, we're going to enjoy dumping them at the feet of the Lord Jesus. I, I want to just dump these riches. So you, you, might not in, you might not be able to enjoy everything here, but what, what, what we're storing up in heaven is so much greater. And we've got to have that, we've got to have that mentality, we've got to see that. And last thing, what are these riches, or what are, are these things instructed of the rich? Why are these things, I should say? Why are these things, why are we to do this? It says, so that they may hold, so we may hold of that which is truly life. 
we can take hold of that which is truly life. When we do good, when we uh, be good in, in good works, be generous, storing up our treasure, when we're using these treasures and these gifts and these, the, 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 everything that God has given us, it is so that we can enjoy life that God truly intended for us. This abundant life Jesus talks about in John 10. You don't have to turn there. But he says he's come to give life and give it abundantly. We can truly, it's, it's a real thing. Too many times, too many Christians, they, they walk around with their heads down, they're moping, and they're like, oh, yeah, they're Eeyore, right? They're, it's not, you know, God doesn't want us to be Eeyore. What we can understand is this life in which we, get, we can enjoy this, and we can actually smile once in a while and say, wow, look what God is doing. I'm not saying we stick our head in the clouds and act like nothing's going on, no, but when things come at us, we can understand, you know what? This is, I don't understand all what, what's happening, but God's still in control. He, 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 still, he still has, he's still sitting on the throne. It's a real thing. That's all I want to say, it's a real thing. So bringing all this together, God's design for money is all about kingdom advancement. I've said that. God's design for money is all about kingdom advancement. It's about leveraging what you've been given for the expansion of the kingdom of God. So when we look at money, we don't need to look at it as something evil. We don't need to look at it as something that um, is to be idolized or to be worshipped. We don't need to, to, to look at, at something that, is, you know, that, that we can use to manipulate people. No, 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 no. We need to look at what God has given us, the money, wealth, possessions, all of this. We need to look at it and say, how can I leverage this to expand God's kingdom? Because God's blessed me to bless others. So when we're looking and we're, we're talking about God's design for, for money, this is God's design for money. He's given it to you for a reason. Whether little or much, it doesn't matter how much He's given you. He's given it to you for a reason. So he, His kingdom can be expanded here on earth. Let's pray. Our Father God, we just uh, we thank you for who you are and what you've done and, and uh, what you're doing. Uh, Lord, as we've talked about a topic that it is uncomfortable for some to, to really uh, dive into, um, we, we ask that uh, as things have been brought to light, as things have been highlighted or, uh, or, or maybe pierced a little bit, that we can um, assess those. And if there's something we need to, uh, need to change in our life, God, we, we ask that we can have not only the knowledge and the belief, but the, the, the strength and in, in the, uh, um, the, the, the power to, 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 to trust. And we know that that's through you, Lord. We know that, that your spirit resides in us if we, if we confess you as a Lord and Savior. So God, the spirit that is inside of us, Holy Spirit, we, we ask that, that you just stir inside of us so that we can be conformed more and more and more to the image of Christ. So our lives can, can, can reflect what's going on inside. So our lives can, can reflect that we are disciples, that we are, uh, we are learning, we are growing, we are maturing in, in our walk with Christ. We are coming closer and closer and closer to you. Because one day we will stand in front of you and have to give an account for everything we've done. So God, let us not fear that day. Let us look forward to that day because our trust is in you. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.